Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. We're starting a brand new show with a brand new series. Instead of just going out there and doing the simple things where we talk to a guest and we just find out everything about them on how they became an influencer, we're changing things up for the next year. What we're going to be doing nowadays is we're going to be doing personal branding consults with some of the most successful people in the world. Now, Here's the thing. A lot of us, we know exactly what to do when a client says, hey, I need this done. And we're like, here's a recommendation. Here's another one. Here's another one. But when it comes to doing things internally for ourselves, so then we could go out there and build massive personal brands or businesses that we want to go out there to create massive success, we more often than not just fail. And there's just something different about doing something for yourself than for a client. Pinpointing exactly what it is, not really sure, but I think so many people struggle with this. And that's why these people really need an outside perspective to really help them get in focus with what they're doing. Maybe it's just because we're so close to the subject, we often overlook the simple little things that need to be changed that could help us 10x our growth, 5x our growth, get the next job that we want, really go out there and land more clients. Whatever your goal is, just making some minor changes is really what mixes that up. Today, we have Seema Dewan on the line with us today. And, you know, just to give you some uh, background about her, she has 10 years of experience in the editorial world. She's been pitching journalists. She, uh, wrote, she was an editor for the Huffington Post, Alberta. And she's had her content in USA Today, WestJet Magazine, and all these other places. So it, she's definitely someone successful. Let's get that out of the way right now. But, you know, everyone wants to take their <clears throat> business further. Like me personally, when I need help taking my business to the next level, I'm supposedly an expert. But I get outside advice too because <clears throat> we get stuck in a bubble and we don't know what to do most times. Or we need an outside perspective to really help guide us into the right way. And much like me, Seema, and the other people who are going to be on the show, we're all pretty much at the right phases. We just have to make those minor tweaks to really get to that next level. So, Seema, can, can you kind of give a background of, like, how you got to where you are today, all the different things you've done, and who you are, so people could really get to know who you are, so we could start this brand console? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. I have been a journalist for about 10 years now, and I have written for publications across North America. Um, so whether that was being an editor on staff or freelancing, um, the 10 years has really given me a lot of time to perfect matching the right story to the right audience, as mm-hmm. well as interviewing hundreds of people has given me you know, uh, an ability to find out what someone's story is when I'm talking to them. So as a consultant, that's what I help people with now. I help them perfect their story and find out what really is going to resonate with their readers as mm-hmm. well as with editors, you know, who are reading their pitches to, uh, to get published in their outlets. So basically with all your experience, you kind of know the ins and outs of how the publication industry works. So if someone were, like me were to hire you, what you would really help me do is craft my pitch so I could get media attention either behind myself or what I'm doing. 
Absolutely. And even, you know, to take that further, even to resonate with your readers and clients um, that are on your website. So, you know, you talk about the importance of always telling your story. So mm-hmm. I help people what their, find, you know, what their story would be. So if I were to come up to you, uh, you'd ask me a series of questions, figure out what that deep story is and what those key moments that really connect with the audience are, right? Exactly. Uh, Through your experience of doing this, what have you found to be like some of the key things that really help people go out there and make that story that connects? I find that the first key is to not overshare information. People always want Mm -hmm. to tell someone everything about their brand. And, you know, as humans, we always just like to hear our interesting story. So I, I always say that, you know, lead with what you would tell your friends. Lead with what's interesting. And then if you're talking to the right party, they will ask you more questions about it. So I would say that's the biggest key. And then the second would be to pitch to publications where your audience is. You know, sometimes people have a list of publications they want to be in, but that's really not the audience that their stories are going to resonate with or their service applies to. Um, so I think focus on, you know, serving your reader is more important than, say, a certain publication that you really want to get into. So if, if I was to send an email to an editor, like when you were working at the Huffington Post, I would probably keep it short and sweet and leave something intriguing. So you ask me more questions and you want to find out more about exactly what I'm doing, right? Yes. And you also want to make a job easy for the editor. So you essentially want to tell them, you know, what the headline would be. The headline is all about the reader. So you want to make it something interesting that the reader will be interested in versus, you know, what your headline is and why you're so amazing, you know, and why they should care about you. So what a lot of people probably do when they're pitching is they kind of have this problem where the headliner is kind of self-centered around them or their brand and their story. They're just giving out all the details. So most editors are passing up these stories and by refining that, it's actually going to be able to help intrigue them. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Absolutely, yes. And then when you've been going out there and you've been writing articles yourself, like what kind of results did you kind of get from that? I've had great success because especially when you're an editor, you know, in a digital publication, numbers matter a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So I find that, you know, um, at HuffPost when I was an editor there, I had over a million monthly views from the stories I was publishing. Um, And then one time, uh, the WestJet piece we were discussing earlier is a piece that went on to become one of the most read pieces online. And that was an interview I did of Robin Sharma, who is a best-selling author. And the reason the piece did well, partly was, of course, because it was well-written, it was a good story, but it also was about being at the right place at the right time and, you know, matching the audience with the story that they will care about. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really what made it successful. Now, when it comes to getting a million views a month online, I mean, that's a pretty hard feat to do. I, I don't really know that many people who've done it. I, I've hit a million maybe like a few months, and, uh, but then it hasn't been like consistent for like a year or two years or three years or anything like that. I mean, there's got to be a sec- <clears throat> some secret things that you're doing to get that kind of visibility, right? Well, of course, yes. And of course, if you're, you know, at an actual publication, it makes it a bit easier because you have this whole, um, you know, SEO is really important. Telling diverse but good stories is really important. And really tracking how your stories and modifying it is very important. Sometimes, you know, you A-B test headlines and one headline simply does better. Um, So, you know, we live in an age where data is so readily available that using that to your advantage is really, really important as well.
And so you're you're creating content right now for your business to help. So your main goal is to really discover like where your target market is, right? Yes. So, so far I've been working with creative entrepreneurs and writers um, and, you know, their work has really resonated uh, with me and vice versa. And I've helped them find their story and help them build their own publications. uh, And I'm consulting them at the moment. But I'm curious to see because, um, you know, this can apply to basically anyone who has a story or anyone who is in business. But I think it's important to have a niche and that's really what I'm trying to refine at the moment. Well, the good thing is you have a good understanding of who your niche is. How are people mm-hmm. or how are you finding your clients right now? Like, are they coming up to you? Are they becoming like inbound leads? Or are you going out and reaching out to them? How is that kind of working? So far, it's been either people in my network who know what I'm doing and are familiar with my experience. Or it's a lot of writing groups I'm a part of because I'm a writer myself. So I think, you know, that really makes me more trustworthy to another writer. Um, and they've been really interested in, um, you know, consulting with me and building their brand. And do you have, like, a certain price point that you stick to? Because I'm sure you can't just take, like, anyone, like, the newbie writer who's just starting because your price points are at a certain point. Um, <clears throat> do you have, like, an idea or, what, like, what do you charge around for your services? Well, it depends on uh, how many consultations you want. Um, generally, I think it's, most of my clients are about six months, so that's six consultations. And um, it really just depends. I don't think it's specific to a newbie writer or not, because I think at any stage in your career, you can sort of perfect whatever it is you're doing in your story, mm-hmm. and it, you know, you'll get results. So um, I think my six-month package is around $1,500, um, so which is not bad. It has you know six calls plus monthly check-ins and email support, and people find that to be a really good um, package. So that's $1,500 a month or $1,500 for the six calls? For the six calls. Okay. So that opens up a pretty wide audience of people that you could really go out there and target to. Um, but you're saying that the uh, how they're really finding you is either like a referral through a friend or they're going out there and um, engaging with you in the writer's group because you're writing something in that group, right? Yes, and sometimes I'll do like webinars, for, you know, free webinars to sort of get them started um, and that really resonates with writers as well. Cool. So has anyone ever just like randomly across the internet came across like your page, your either your personal page or your business web page and was like, huh, this person looks interesting. I'm going to contact them and learn more about what they do and how they could help me. I've had a where I've, you know, I, I've had times when I've posted something in a Facebook group that's unrelated or not to a specific person and someone has yes then looked at my website and uh, and got in touch even though I wasn't speaking to them directly, that's happened. Um, but in, some, in terms of someone just randomly finding my website and coming to me, that hasn't happened yet. And I, uh, and I do think that, you know, building a stronger story online is needed for that, you know, for, that, for me to be more trustworthy to them. Yeah, that's completely understandable. And right now, I mean, this is great. You have people who know you, who refer you, who see you in groups coming to you and buying your service. That means you have a service that people actually want. That means people actually trust you. That means you have case studies and results from these um, people that you work with. So you basically have the fundamental tools that you really need to go out there and take everything to the next level because you have something that works. Now, what one of 
of the biggest things that people struggle with is putting that to scale. Like, how do you get it to grow? How do you get more people into the business? How do you get more clients? How do you get more people to notice and know that you exist, right? And I think this is kind of kind of like what you're struggling with right now, right? You're trying to move that um, maybe six-figure business and try to move it to like a seven or eight-figure business to generate more revenue. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really understand that there's there's a point where a lot of people get stuck and I see this happen all the time. Like I know some really successful writers, they go out there and they get like millions and millions of reads on their content. People come and engage with them, but then you go look at their uh, Twitter handle and they got like 250 followers. And it's like kind of confusing because it's like <clears throat> so many people love this person's writing. They love the work that they're doing, but then for some reason, no one's really following them. And it kind of makes, <clears throat> it gives a lot of people a disconnect and they're like, is this person really as credible as they are? But what really happens, like if you took off all the veils, took off all the uh, smoke and mirrors, what that person's doing is they're focusing on the one thing that they work on best, the thing that they absolutely love, the thing that they're passionate for and the thing that they're great at. And that's why they have all the millions of views there. Now, a lot of people are great at one thing, and when it comes to the other things, because it, there's like seven different things it really takes to really build a personal brand, um, you could even break it down into four different Vs. It's like vision, voice, volume, and validation. What vision is, it's kind of your positioning and how you're positioned out into the market. Voice is the content you're producing and how people are seeing you. Volume is how to get those additional Vs on your content and get people to actually see it. <clears throat> and validation is kind of the end result where people are coming to you, you're getting invited on podcasts, you're getting media features, you're getting clients, you're getting booked on TV, and so forth. And usually, a lot of people are just good at one thing, and it takes that outside perspective to really show, okay, these are the missing components, and this is how we could really help you propel your business to the next level. What we're going to do right now is we're going to hop over to a commercial break, then we'll kind of discuss a few of the things that we could really do to help people promote that to the next level, especially SEMA, because you're on the show, we want to bring as much value to you as possible, so you're going home tonight, with like, yay, I got this, this is going to work. Um, Seema, where can people find you online and your business? They can find me at contentcelebrity.ca. Perfect. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, 
we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. We're here with Seema Dewan. We're doing a brand consult so we can really help her propel her brand to the next level. Uh, Seema kind of showed that she has a working business model. Everything's going well. She's landing clients. She has trust from people. She's getting results. And now she's just trying to figure out what those missing components are. Um, Seema, you have two websites, right? A personal website and a business website, right? Yes. Perfect. So that's a good thing to have. Like for me personally, I have LeonardKim.com, which is my personal website. Then I have InfluenceTree.com, which is my business website, which I promote to no one. And I do zero marketing for my InfluenceTree website because with personal branding, what happens is if you market yourself well, you don't have to market your business at all because people buy into you. And if they buy into you, they'll want to know more of what you do. If they like what you do and it resonates with them, they become a client. So that's kind of how personal branding just makes it so much easier than just business marketing or marketing a small Mm. business. And it's one of the biggest misconceptions people make because I come from the startup world and I went startup from startup to startup to startup to startup and I failed over and over and over and over and had to start over from scratch every single time. It was the most frustrating experience ever because my reputation disappeared each time a company went down. So the solution to that, because in the last five years, I've had bad years, but then, you know, I still make more money, which is great, because Mm -hmm. I kind of made that shift from uh, business marketing to personal branding. And one of the key things is you have that personal website, so you could kind of make it too. I'm just going to read off a little bit about your bio off your website. Is that okay with you? Sure. It says, hello, I'm Seema Dewan. Let me help you meet your revenue and readership goals. 1.4 million monthly views, the Huffington Post. Uh, most read online article at the time, WestJet Magazine. Pro- projected half a million revenue increase, 2018 client. Then there's a few logos of some credible publications. It says, I'm an editor and media strategist, a storytelling expert who can find what's newsworthy and connect with readers. I can help tell your story well, which in turn will boost revenue and readership. Please see some of my work below. Then there's links of all these high-performing articles, and then underneath that, there's some awards and honors that really highlight how well Seema has done with her career and what she's able to achieve. Then there's a few media interviews on the TV, then after that it talks about how Seema could be a speaker and how you could book her then it provides her contact information now the good things from this there's contact information that's the number one most important thing that you really want in your bio and on your personal website you want people to be able to contact you because 
That's how they pay you. You're never going to see someone publicly tweet or publicly write a Facebook page that says, hey, I need your help. I'm going to pay you $10,000 or I'm going to pay you $1,500. That never happens. That happens in direct messages. That happens in emails. That happens like in like text messages or phone calls. So if you want to generate revenue, one of the key things that you really need to have is that way to contact you. So that's great. Um, having the awards is good. Having the logos is good because that sells instant credibility. It shows that SEMA is recognized as an authority figure in their space. There's all these um, articles here that show how well uh, her work is and the type of uh, content that she creates. One thing that's really missing from this is, okay, I got all your credibility, I got all your accomplishments and everything, but how do I connect with you on a deep level here? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm missing what could really drive that deep connection, right? right. Um, what I want to do, like, if you want someone to really buy into you and your business, what they kind of have to do is they kind of have to fall in love with you before they even meet you. And for me, what I usually do with my uh, personal branding clients is I'll sit on the phone with them for an hour and I'll be like, you know what, Seema? I want you to describe your entire life from childhood, your family, how you were raised, what elementary was like, junior high, high school, college to your first job, to your relationships, to where you are today and how you got there and kind of sum that up for me for a whole hour. And when they start heading down like through interesting stories, what I'll do is I'll add some leading questions like how did that make you feel? What was that like? And things like that. And then the reason for that is because when you kind of extract that story, one, you get the self-reflection. You're like, wow. I really made it this far in life. I did all these things. You get that introspection <laughs> that really helps out. But two, yeah. what happens is when you start working on combining that story together, you give a way for people to see deep into your soul. They get in touch with who you really are. And that deep connection, once you make that deep connection, guess what? People start to trust you. You become more than just an authority. You become someone that people feel like they've known their entire lives. And when people land on your page to read your bio, because that's what people just do, it's really going to drive people to want to actually do business with you, learn more about what you do, and things like that. Then, once you kind of have that summarized, you have a link off to your professional page that says, if you want to know more about what I do for a living, then you can click over to here. And then for you, and, uh, for you that's contentcelebrity.ca which is your mm -hmm. business page. Your business page is set up flawlessly. It looks, you have the problem statement, you have the solution, you have the vision, you have the case studies, you have everything that you want there, right? And Thank you, uh, yes. I'm sure when you talk to people and they see it, like they're like, wow, this is great, right? So far, so good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the good thing is that's all set up. It's just making that transition because the people that you're talking to online from your Facebook groups from, and friend networks and things like that, they're getting to know you personally because you're chatting with them. Then they're moving over to this page. What if you can remove that chat aspect or minimize that chat aspect and have people buy into that bio first, then move over to the business site? Do you think um, that would make things a little bit more seamless so you could scale better? 
Absolutely. I think that's really, really valuable input. I'm, I think I'm so used to being a journalist and taking myself out of the story that, you know, I'm, that's, it's just not a habit for me to be telling my own. So that's really useful yeah. feedback to have. Yeah. And as a, the other side of being a journalist is you include other people into the story to really make that story more compelling, right? Right. Um, now, those other people that you include to the story to make it more compelling it just happens to be you now. <laughs> so it's like yes. kind of changing that perspective and going, you know what? I'm the one who should be in this story. I, I have a purpose of being here. And, yeah, it's right. so easy to do that because you have that visibility thing down. You got all those views with your content. And everything was going well. I mean, we could go over the um, voice section, which is how to make compelling content, but I, I think you probably have that down. I, th I think I'm decent at it, yes. <laughs> yeah. So since you kind of had that down, I, I think just for, the, I mean, there's two types of posts that really resonate with people. One's going to be the personal story, because like when you do a biography or if you're highlight doing a feature of a person it kind of gives you that inside look into their life so people really get to know them more right and yeah. that's kind of why the WestJet article did so well with the uh profile of the uh, book author right yes uh, i also think it did well because uh, robin sharma has you know people are always asking him for business advice and no one's asked him you know exactly what we're saying like how does he travel what is he like and um, even as an interviewee, he was really thrilled to be speaking about something other than business after years of talking about it. And yeah. yes, I think it resonated with readers as well. Yeah, and people might not know you now. I mean, they probably do because your content's been read millions of times. Um, but after they get to know you, then they will really get to, they'll, they'll really have that sense of knowing who you are in the future. So one of the things you could really focus on is creating more personal stories. Uh, the other side of it is creating thought leadership. And I see that you worked on a few articles on your business site already. Uh, that one of them is like, how do you really go out there and pitch an editor? And that's a pretty good piece. Um, but the problem is when, let, let me look it over real fast. Let me pull it up one moment. Let's see. Actually, where did it go? Sorry. No worries. <laughs> Real time. <laughs> <laughs> Not edited. You can feel me. Go. It's like how, do you, how I get noticed by an editor. And it kind of talks about the story of how to go out there and do it. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things, though, is like this is um, just guessing about 150 to 200 words, right? Um, yeah, roughly. Yeah, like when you're thinking about SEO and all the um, other things that you mentioned before, one of the main reasons like a site like Huffington Post will get good at SEO is because it's been around a long time. Articles are shared a lot and things like that. When it comes to your own personal pages, 
Um, it's a little bit harder to really rank. The newer the site, how many word counts there are, how many social shares, all these things really play a factor into that. And if people are Googling, like you're probably not going to be on the first page of Google. You might be on page 15, page 25, something like that. So it's really, really hard to kind of like game that system. But one thing that you could really do to counter that is people usually want comprehensive guides of like how exactly to do something when it comes to thought leadership. And a lot of people are scared of making these comprehensive guides because they're like, oh, what if someone reads it and then they just go out there and just steal my idea? There's three types of people out there. One is the type of person who is so poor or so financially uh, unwell that they can't afford your services and they're the type of person who is going to read this and they'll be like, wow, this is great because they're either a college student, they have a disability, and they kind of need that resource, right? Mm -hmm. um, the second type of person is the type of person who's like, you know what? I'm great at what I do. I don't need to hire someone. I could do this myself. And they'll go and try to do it themselves. If you have that second type of person coming to your business, you kind of be wasting a little bit of your time. If you have that first person come to your business, you kind of be wasting your time too. And then there's a third type of person who's like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. I understand it. I need to hire Seema because she knows exactly what she's doing and she could help me with this. Right. So when you do long-form content, like that's one of the biggest fears that people have. They're like, I'm going to write all this stuff out. People are going to steal it and they're going to be like, oh, let me go do this without Seema. But it doesn't really work that way because all you really care about is bucket number three there for your business at least. And one and two are still going to benefit. One and two are still going to go out there and do their things. But one and two would never be your client in any type of scenario. So you're not really missing out on anything. But how do you structure the best type of piece? You have the story element down, so you don't really have to worry about that. One thing I like to do when I structure out like a piece that's like um, two or 3,000 words is, let's say I wanted to make an article on like the 10 things you need to do to get like the best body possible. Um, I don't work out, disclaimer. I, I have a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the exact opposite of this. So all of this is fictional. But let's say, let's say I come up with these 10 things and it's like doing jumping jacks, doing sit-ups, and doing all these other exercises that I've never done in my life except when I was forced to. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what you kind of want to do is you want to kind of write out the story first before you even come up with the headliner. And while you're writing it out, you have this intro on why it's important to really want to do it, how it affected your personal life, and how that moved into uh, you becoming the expert at it. Then, when you've, then you identify the 10 different things, five different things, three different things, whatever it is. Let's say ones do jumping jacks. Um, you want to incorporate it kind of in this way. Uh, one, do jumping jacks. Jumping jacks are important because of the X. Then, um, what you want to do is you want to go and find two pieces of research so you can really back your claim to say why jumping jacks are so important to get that ultimate summer body. Uh, one might be because of 
real life experience where some fitness trainers going out there and doing it and they've seen this results and it's happened with a lot of other people. Two might be a study done by an institution, a college or a university um, <clears throat> talking about the importance of doing it and the results that they've seen over a time period. The reason you want to use two pieces is because one piece of research could be a fluke, two pieces of research really backs it up to be true. Um, then what you want to do is you want to kind of tie that into like a bigger name. Like is there a celebrity who does jumping jacks as part of their routine? Is there a name brand person, someone who's really important who does this as part of their routine? Do some research and figure out how you can incorporate them into their quote. So now what you do next is you incorporate how you do the jumping jacks into your own personal life. And then what you do at the, after that is you tell the reader how they could go out there and do jumping jacks themselves. So what you have is you're like, this is important. This is why it's important. But this is even more why it's important. This is the results it got for this famous person. This is the results it got for me. And this is how you could get the results. So when you kind of tie all those things together, each point you're making just has that much more of an impact and really touches people more. It gives you that shareability factor because you have all the pieces that you need where people are actually feeling like they're getting advice. It gives that, um, it takes your content from just being on the surface, like most of the content that's already out there, and gives that, that extra edge so it really sticks out. And then if you go through that for all three, five, ten, or different things, like Let's say at the end of the article, uh, you summarize it off, you uh, give people a way back to contact you, and they go to your homepage. If that article really resonated me, with me and I wanted to lose weight or get into the ultimate shape of my life, I'm going to read that article and be like, wow, who wrote this article? I'm going to click back right. and then read your bio. I'm like, oh, wow, this person's even more fascinating. So now I'm not just fascinated by your work. I'm fascinated with you, too. I'm like, you know what? I really need help with this. Oh, what does she do for work? Oh, she does this for work? Oh, wow. Let me go and hire her. So that's how that journey works for the person. And that's how you get the optimal amount of results for what you're doing. That's a, such an excellent guideline. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> 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 it's not as easy as it sounds. What makes it even better, though, is like, let's say within the article, you quote, um, I don't know fitness people, so let's use business people. You have a quote from Warren Buffett, you have a quote from Bill Gates, and one from, is it Steve Bezos or Jeff Bezos? Whoever owns Amazon? I don't know. Um, but let's say those are three people that you identify in the article. What if you were to title the article? What, what Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, and Bill Gates do to make billions of dollars for their enterprise. So you take that research and everything that you already have in there, and you kind of tie it into your headline, and you have something that people actually want to read. Right. And then since you have science, too, you can say backed by science. And that makes it even stronger. Absolutely. And would you follow a similar outline for your personal page as well? Um, well, this would be like the articles that you create, right? And then your articles, what you do right now is you host them onto your business page. Is there anything wrong with that? No, but are, is there a better way to go out there and host your articles? Uh, there is, and that's through something called 
content syndication. Uh, I could talk about that more after the break, and we could really get into how content syndication works. Uh, everyone can find you at contentcelebrity.ca, right? Absolutely. Perfect. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the final segment of Grow Your Influence Tree with Seema Dewan and myself, Leonard Kim. We've gone through a lot right now. We've gone through how the content celebrity business website has been rocking and rolling and all that set up properly. But um, the personal brand's been pretty good, but there's a few missing components, and that's why the outside perspective is so important because uh, we talked about vision and voice, which kind of talks about the bio and talks about the type of content you create. Um, did we go over any useful things, Seema? I think you went over many useful things. Yes, I have a lot of homework to do. Awesome. So uh, we talked about content syndication, and what that really falls into is the volume phase of things. Now, Seema, when you were writing before, you got millions and millions of reads on your content. And uh, partially that's because Huffington Post has like hundreds of millions of subscribers to the email list because they're such a highly ranked site, uh, because you were on staff as an editor, and because your content was great, and because it's on Huffington Post, it's easier for people to share, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you're working with yourself, it's a little bit harder to do that because you kind of don't have all those, that perfect element of everything that's going on. You don't have that perfect storm of, oh, yeah, this network's going to push things out for me. They're going to send it out to their Facebook network and millions of people. You're kind of doing a little bit by yourself, right? So it makes it a little bit harder. Yes, it makes a difference for sure. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say that's a better word. Different rather than harder. And uh, um, when I just did a brief look at your uh, your strategies and everything, the content that you've been posting, it's mostly been on your business site. Yeah. And is there a better way to do that? There is. Uh, one of the key things that you really look for is when you look at a lot of articles online, what they'll tell you is you want to write your content only on one place because you'll, if you don't, you're going to have duplicate content and Google's going to ding you. And time and time again, I have to tell people that this is false information because I haven't been dinged. I have a lot of stuff that's like on the first page of Google for like different terms. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work. And that's just a bunch of BS. How it really works and how to get the maximum benefit out of the new content that you're creating is through content syndication. Um, what content syndication is, is it's taking that one piece of content that you make and putting it into multiple places. Um, you could either do this one of two ways. You could use a, you could use an article and you could turn it into a video script after, or you can make a video first and then transcribe it and turn that into an article after. It depends on if your skills are more effective as a visual person or a video person on camera or as a writer. As a writer, CMO, what you really want to do is when you take your piece of content your natural instinct is going to be like, okay, put it on the business site. But there's right. a better way to do that. It's like, what if you could put it onto LinkedIn, you could put it onto Quora, you could put it onto Medium, you could put it onto your personal website, you could put it onto your business website, and you could put it onto all these different other content syndication networks. Do you think that would probably be a little more efficient? Yes, that sounds like an efficient way to share you know, information with so many more people. Yeah, so when you do that, there's an added benefit to this because like content or platforms like Quora and Medium, they have content syndication teams. Um, when you worked at Huffington Post, I'm not sure if you've ever seen like the articles that were syndicated from Quora that ended up on Huffington Post. Yes, HuffPost has a lot of syndication, yeah. Yeah, so what ends up happening is all these people have like jobs specifically to look at what's coming out on Quora and Medium and they could pick up your content and share it with other people onto these other outlets. So those, that's a big win. But another win that you really get is with LinkedIn, with Quora, with Medium and these other sites, you get to take advantage of all these platforms' internal audiences. Like I remember the first time I ever wrote a blog post and I put it out back in 2013, I had about three people see it. And I'm like, wow, this is really a waste of time. How do so many people do this? And then um, right. when I started writing on Quora, within this first six months, I had like two million reads on my content. And I was like, wow, uh, what's the difference? One is one, one outlet's pushing out your content. And if it's good, they're going to keep promoting it to more and more people and that uh, c continually spreads. And two is uh, they also have sites that have been around much longer than yours and they have these distribution networks. So when people Google these terms, your content does show up as well. Now, the important part about writing that compelling content uh, that you do in the volumes, uh, <coughs> in the uh, voice section 
is you make it so compelling that people want to know who you are and learn more about you. So when you post your content through volume, whether it's on Quora, Medium, LinkedIn, a small new publication website, Huffington Post, Forbes, whatever it may be, that person's thinking, wow, this is so great. I need to know who this person is. Then they click back to your bio. Then they learn more about you. Then they go and they go out there and they learn more about like exactly what you're doing for your business. Then they become a client. So when you kind of take that thing around, like our whole thing was to discover where your audience is, you don't really have to go out there and discover where your audience is. Instead, you have to have your audience have a way to go and find you because they're looking for what you have. Now, when you think about like where do you find your audience, it's kind of like that old school strategy of picking up the phone, getting that telephone, dialing people at other companies and saying, hey, look, I exist. Look at me, right? Yes. Now we're in this world where it's like, oh, I want something. I'm going to go Google it. Or, oh, wow, this thing came in my feed. And I'm like, wow, this is very interesting. I want to know more about it. And when you kind of have that perspective, it helps you really go out there and capture more people. Now, if you really want to discover where your audience is, now from my, uh, from my experience, entrepreneurs hang out on different social networks and they hang out at like in-person uh, events. Um, writers usually stay at home, they're at coffee shops, they're at bookstores, and they're usually within like a little different writing groups. So you're kind of in those communities already. Yeah. Now when you're targeting, now another thing you could do if you really want to propel that content that you already made is you could start making like ads on like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Quora, and so forth. And what you could do is you could make different age ranges for your uh, people. One of the key things that um, makes a good marketer, or what makes a marketer good compared to one who's bad, is that they're really able to define their car audience. And most people think, oh, let me go put like a 25-year-old and they like to read, and they stick that as their core audience, right? Um, yeah. Usually, the best way to become most efficient at that is to go, okay, let's give my core audience a name. Let's call her Sally. Where does Sally work? Sally works at L'Oreal. Sally makes about $65,000 a year. At 7 a.m. when Sally wakes up, she brushes her teeth, then she does her hair, then she um, does other things in the restroom. Then um, what she does is on her drive to work, she takes her convertible Beetle um, and goes into the office. And on the, in the office, the first thing she does is she goes and Googles her weekend plans, chats with a few friends on Facebook, then jumps into a meeting. Like the more detailed you can make a person's life, the easier it is to figure out exactly who they are, what their interests are, and what, how to target that specific person. And then you could go into the phase of using like Facebook ads, Twitter ads, and social media ads to really define who your target audience is and get to them. Um, when you're using ads platforms, it gives you the opportunity to target by city, state, zip code, country, or anywhere. Then it also gives you the opportunity to go with age. So you could do anywhere from 13 and under, 18 to 24, 35 and above, and so forth. 
It also lets you target whether you want to uh, have your message communicate to males, females, or both. Then also at the same time, you could uh, target interests. Like if people like to read Vogue magazine, if they like to read Cosmo, if they like to write, if they're actual occupations as a writer, you could target all these different things within your uh, ads platform. Then instead right. of going out there and spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on ads, you could spend like maybe a dollar or two every single day slowly pushing out one of your strongest articles on thought leadership out to them. Okay. And when they do that, they're reading it, then they're following that same cycle of figuring out who you are, going back to your bio, going back to your business page and becoming a client. That's really great advice. Um, I find that even when I'm networking, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of showing up and people knowing you exist and your service exists. So this seems like a very efficient way to do that. Yeah. And the great thing is a lot of people like to Google people for some reason. So even if you're out there in person meeting others, they're going to be like, oh, who's this SEMA person? Let me Google them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that, that all kind of ties in together and gives you the ability to really hone in on your target audience. And I know that's the number one takeaway that you really wanted to find here is how to figure out how to discover your audience. And um, do you think that was helpful? This was incredibly helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, anytime. So the next phase of everything is that validation phase, right? For validation, yeah. what that is, that could be like someone liking one of your posts, that could be someone upvoting it, someone sharing it, someone commenting on it. But then it could also go all the way up from getting that direct message where someone wants to pay you. It could be a media feature, it could be a podcast that you're hopping on, it could be a radio show, it could be a TV interview. All these things kind of result from all this, but the only way it happens is when everything's all set up beforehand. Like, and... Um, with a normal business, if you're going out there and you're running it and you kind of stop working and stop marketing and stop doing all these things, like everything can just collapse. But when you're doing things under your name and you're building that personal brand reputation, that kind of follows you your entire life. So 5, 10, 20 years down the line, it just continues to grow more and more. So you can charge more, you get more features in the media, you get more reputation. Everything just kinds, kinds of compounds. And if yes. you look at people like Tony Robbins and Oprah, like they've been doing this for like 15 to 20 years and they make fortunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on the other end of things, like let's say you take a three-month hiatus, you take a six-month hiatus, or you take like a year hiatus like I did for this last year, people still come and hit you up for business. It's like the weirdest thing. You do the groundwork first and people still come. Right. That's great. Uh, so I, I think you have a lot of homework now on what to do. And I mean, I really want to I keep in touch and make sure you're getting the results that you want. Um, so... I have a course online. It's called Grow Your. Um, what is it called? Um, it's called Ignite Your Personal Brand. <laughs> I don't even know what my products are called. <laughs> See, you don't even have to know what your products are called, and people buy them. <laughs> Noted. 
it's it's called Ignite Your Personal Brand, and it's a personal branding course that teaches you everything that I've learned over the last few years of doing this and really honing it down to an exact science. Uh, I'm going to give that to you. So um, I'll email you after the call, so then you have like all the steps that you need. So if there's anything that you forgot, you have a resource there that could really help you out and get you through these steps. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that wow, should be really helpful. Wow, that's really helpful of you. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Yeah, I, I think it, it should really be able to help you keep on track. I'll be available by email to you if you have any specific questions that you really need help with. Uh, what we really want to do is just help you kind of get those results that you're looking for. And, you know, if it works, just tell a friend. Say, hey, you know what? Leonard's doing this great thing. Or um, in October, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this thing I'm doing. In October this year, I have a book. It's called Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real Youth for Greater Success. It's with McGraw-Hill. And it'll be out in October. If you could help, you know, spread the word about that in October, that'll be cool. Yeah, I would absolutely love to, and I would love to read it as well. So congratulations, and I look forward to reading it up. Yay! So <laughs> in regards to, let's, let's just do like a scale, like one to 10. Uh, you had an expectation coming onto the show. Did I meet it one to 10? <laughs> yeah, I think we're at an easy 11. I think it's really great to be able to see what my assets are and where I need to go forward and have such a clear roadmap. Um, so I really, really appreciate that. And, you know, what you were saying is sometimes an outside perspective is very valuable to be able to do that for your own business. Uh, mm -hmm. So absolutely, yes, I'm excited to report back um, and awesome. tell you how things went. So if anyone here is listening to the show, you want to go out there and you want to become a content celebrity, go to contentcelebrity.ca and start working with Seema so you can go out there and pitch editors. If you want to find me online, you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, pick up a copy of the book, take a course, do something. It doesn't really matter. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, let's support Seema. Yeah, let's go. Um, is there any final words that you wanted to say? Oh, you're welcome. Is there any final words you wanted to say before we close out? Well, um, you know, I think story really matters, and I think we all have a story to tell. So I would just, just like you were saying, you know, ditch the act. I encourage everyone to tell their stories because, it really resonates, and I feel like stories are all we have. Perfect. I can't wait to read your story. Once you're done with your bio, please send it over me, over to me so I can take a look. And everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Make sure to go find Seema online at contentcelebrity.ca. Um, uh, just hang out and chat with me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be seeing you next week for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.